0: Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This devotional is titled, The Disciples' Prayer. People in most all religions pray, but how many really pray? In Matthew 6, 5-8, Jesus emphasized how not to pray. Then in Matthew 9, 9 9-15, he instructs us on how to pray. This is commonly called the Lord's Prayer, but in truth, this is a prayer that Christ could never have prayed, because it includes asking forgiveness for sin, and Jesus never sinned. More properly, this should be called the Disciples' Prayer. This is Jesus teaching His disciples how they should pray. The focus in Matthew 6, 9, and 10 is on God's program involving His name, His kingdom, and his will. This is our first priority in prayer. God's name, his kingdom, and his will. Verses 11 through 13 then go on to focus on human need. Balanced praying involves both, but the first emphasis is on God himself. And so Jesus taught us to pray. Matthew 6, 9, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's no indication that Jesus ever intended this to be prayed in the form of a mindless mantra, simply quoting it by rote as if that somehow has significance. In fact, such a practice is contrary to what Jesus just said in verse 7, where he said, "In praying, quote, do not use vain repetitions." It is okay to repeat, just don't do so in a mindless, vain manner. When Jesus says, in this manner pray, it indicates he is giving us a sample way of praying and not a ritualistic formula. As taught by Christ, we should keep these themes and emphases in view as we pray. And certainly, it is fine to literally pray through this model prayer as long as we do so sincerely and thoughtfully. Prayer as taught by Jesus begins with an emphasis on God as our Father. Only believers can really pray because only they have God as their Father. The term Father speaks of a relationship of sovereign care. As Father, God provides, protects, and disciplines. He is the ultimate authority figure. He is our Father in Heaven. Note here, uh, the emphasis here is on Him being in Heaven. As our Father, God is omnipresent, but the emphasis on Him being in heaven emphasizes His transcendence. He is exalted over all. He is our Father, relational, but He is also high and exalted in heaven, transcendent. After recognizing God as Father, the first emphasis is for God's name to be hallowed. That's our prayerful desire as as His people. It is to be our prayerful desire as taught by Jesus. This expresses a worshipful desire. The term name represents God for who He is. His name is His person and all that He is. It represents His very being and character. Hallowed is the idea of holy. So the prayerful desire is that God be treated as holy. Praying for God's name to be hallowed is to pray that his person would be properly honored and reverenced. It's not enough just to mouth these words. An honest, earnest prayer for God's name to be hallowed seeks to live accordingly. Fittingly, the prayer for God's name to be hallowed segues into prayer for the kingdom. Matthew 6.10 We are to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. One thing is very obvious. When Jesus taught this prayer, the kingdom had not yet come because Jesus instructed his disciples to pray that it would come. The kingdom is yet future. That is the kingdom reign of the Messiah. There are actually three kingdom aspects seen in the scripture. One, the universal kingdom. Two, the intermediate kingdom, the idea of the intermediate kingdom is that which is after the present age and before the eternal state, intermediate kingdom, also called the millennial kingdom or the mediatorial kingdom. So, number one, the universal kingdom, number two, the intermediate kingdom, and number three, the eternal kingdom. We have three, these three facets of the kingdom presented in the scriptures. However, the dominant kingdom emphasis in Scripture is that which relates to the coming intermediate millennial kingdom, in which the Messiah will literally reign on the earth in fulfillment of prophecy. The rabbis in their literature called this, quote, the coming age. The coming age. This is the messianic kingdom looked forward to by the prophets, and which was presented by Christ at his first coming. On the condition of repentance, they didn't repent, so the kingdom has been put on hold. Hence, we are praying that the kingdom would come. It is the millennial form of the kingdom for which we are praying. We are praying for Jesus to come and set up his kingdom. It is this kingdom emphasis that is mentioned eight times in the Sermon on the Mount. The idea of the kingdom relates to Messiah's rule where he will exercise absolute undisputed dominion and so Christ tells us to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this will be fulfilled in the kingdom and we are to be praying to that end in the absolute sense this will be perfectly fulfilled in the eternal state of the kingdom where there will never again be any more sin God-honoring prayer begins with an emphasis on God. It's all about Him. It's all about His name being hallowed. It's all about submission to Him. The focus in verses 9 and 10 are on God's program involving His name, His kingdom, and His will. This is our first priority in prayer. God's name, His kingdom, and His will. God-honoring prayer willingly submits to His person his plan, and his purpose. May we pray and live accordingly. Lord, indeed, you have taught us how to pray, how to align our hearts with your heart, as it were, uh, to pray uh, that your name would be hallowed. This is our desire, that you would be properly recognized and worshiped, uh, that your kingdom would come. We're looking forward to the glorious kingdom age in which we will reign with you, And, uh, Lord, we pray for your will to be done, first and foremost in our own lives, and then everywhere that your will would be done. Lord, we want to willingly submit to your person, your plan, and your purpose for your glory. Lord, we commit ourselves to you now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.